The Rush Hour. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Welcome to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. A much better day in Sydney after what we had yesterday afternoon. Did your house end up getting through it all in Lane Cove, eh? Yeah, it got through just, yeah. We, I, I walked out of here, though, just uh, here at Triple M, and oh, it was mate, just hammered. torrential. Hammered. Had to go down towards uh, uh, the rocks, and I was a drowned rat by the end of it. What yeah, about it you, terrible. big fella? Was it beautiful where you're looking out across and watching the storm come across? I wouldn't say it was joint? beautiful, but, yeah, it looked <laughs> like uh, the, the days are gone, you know. I thought... Yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It Armageddon. Was, yeah. <laughs> but much better today, and it's going to be an unbelievable show, but... Dell and I have to take you to task off the top. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Where, Why? Do, you, where do you live, mate? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Lane Cove. Yeah. Right. Almost 300 trees and plants have been illegally chopped down on public land in Lane Cove. Mm. Now, where Hang were you? Excuse, you me? At... Excuse me. <laughs> where were you three days ago at 9 a.m.? Because <laughs> there is a bloke who looks suspiciously like you. Mate. Dodgy, dodgy, taken down Sydney red gums. I'm a tree. Chainsawed. Removed from the area without approval, leaving behind a barren track of land along the waterfront. This is disgraceful stuff. And you the fact that you're accusing me. It's it, I know exactly where you you're, this is down towards Woodford Bay. It's overlooking the well, Of I'm, course you know where if, it is. No, because yeah, you were there. Because you were there. I think it's a lovely spot to walk the dog. But uh, yeah. if I had a place down mm. there, I certainly <laughs> <laughs> I'd tell you what. So you're saying it's people a bit more posh than you with a slightly better view? Oh mate, I'm nowhere near water, like I can assure you. How would you not how would you not notice that? Like that, people that were around, like I just don't understand that. <laughs> mate, like, someone's got the chainsaw out, yeah, mate. I mm-hmm. think uh, and, and 300 trees. You know yeah. how long it takes to take a tree down? Yeah, of course. It takes oh. a long time. Surely they can find them and oh. then get them to pay for even bigger red gums right right there in yeah, front Yeah, but of. the problem is these red gums, they take a while to grow, big Yeah, fella. did you know so that, these mate? these people will pay, have the view for the next... for mature ones. 10 pay or 15 years. So if they're rich enough to have a house down there, they should be paying a massive fine. What are the fines for... People I, that cop, I, chop down trees illegally. They're big, aren't they? Well, I think it's $3,000 on the spot if they get caught, but then it's if it's up to a million bucks. Up to I a think. million bucks, yes. Yeah, up to a million it. bucks. Yeah. Well, let's hope that these people get absolutely... They surely know who it is. drawn and quartered. They surely know who it is. <laughs> well, like, anyone, that, a, anyone who Anyone who's got a really... <laughs> got a good view that benefits. Okay, I'd start there. <laughs> anyway, that's unbelievable. What about Don't take me to task on that, though? Please. Don't Why? take me to task. And you're always talking Lane Cove up, mate. Like, it's exactly. your community. Mate, it's, it's a great little They're community. Your, well, I don't think yeah. they – it is. I think Lane Cove's a <laughs> shithole. That's what I'm saying. And Tolerman at its best. Yeah, exactly right. Let's talk some footy. Read his mail. Yeah, if you want to know what's happening in the game of rugby league, Reedy has got the goss. What about Jerome Luai, mate? The Tigers and the Doggies. Now they're both battling for him. Do you think he's going to go anywhere? Yeah, well, I reckon not. I think this was sort of expected. So the Bulldogs were sort of keeping an eye on proceedings and, and biding their time a bit before they sort of officially entered the race. But it appears as though that's now happened. Because I've got a gut feeling he will end up leaving off. I still think the Tigers probably got their nose in front just purely because they're more advanced in their talks with Jerome and they've had another meeting obviously with him this week which shows how serious they are about it. They've obviously tailed a pretty big offer as well, a significant offer. So um, that's my gut feeling at the moment. But, you know, I'd imagine we're going to have some clarity around this reasonably soon because all the mail last week, I think he said last week, was he wanted to get it settled before he got back to mm. training. He's due back at training 
on December 8th, which is, I think, Friday week, right? Mm, so That's right. You know, that's, a, that's a week and a bit away. Now, if the ball is going to come in, they're gonna, you know, they've now come in, they're going to have to move really quickly because the, the Tigers are pretty well advanced. So look, my feeling is that, yeah, he'll go, and my feeling is it'll be the West Tigers, but I just, you know, you just never know what you're right. He's, uh, he's a man alluring to himself a little bit in many ways, and, you know, the Tigers are pushing hard, though. That's pretty obvious. Mm. Reedy and uh, Madge McGuire's officially taking over the New yeah. South Wales Blues today. So he's going to pick on yeah. form rather than the, the reputation. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Interesting, isn't it? Because we're all sort of wondering what will happen with guys like James Tedesco, and, yeah, well, he's the one that we commonly talk about, and, uh, you know, he had a difficult year at times this year, and I suppose if Tommy and Latrell are firing next year, that that puts a bit of pressure on him. Interesting, staff's quite interesting. In fact, he's got Frank Panissi involved, well, obviously the the head of football down in Melbourne. He knows the Melbourne system and the Melbourne guys better than anyone. Billy Slater, Harry Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, Xavier Coates, all those sort of guys. So it's interesting. He's got Frankie involved, um, sort of experienced staff around him, but. You know, well, the issue for Madge is, and I said this to someone earlier today, I was just having a conversation with him about the, the situation. I said, what do you think? I said, look, it doesn't matter how good a coach he is. What he's got to, got to do is get the team right because the thing Freddie hasn't got right the last two years in particular, he's got the team wrong in game one and they've lost game one. And, and when you lose game one in origin, it's very hard to come back and win the series. And we've seen that the last couple of years. And Freddie's picked the team in game one the last couple of years. He's made mass changes for game two. Mm. So if you don't get the team right in game one, you're in all sorts. So that's what Madge has got to get right. You know, he can have all the, surround himself with all the right people. But if he gets the team wrong, it won't matter. They won't win. So, you know, if he gets the team wrong... We're 10 right, minutes to go at the Adelaide Oval in game one. Oh, we're winning that game. Let's everyone settle lost. down a little bit. Man, what happened? They what lost. happened? Listen, they lost. Yeah. But oh. listen, if he, gets, if he gets the team right, we'll be underdogs again, Queensland, as we always we are. Love it, yeah. And we'll win it anyway. That's no. right. Oh. Hey, mate, what about the Dragons, mate? There's a lot going on there. Shane Flanagan's come in. But also, this is big. Andrew Twiggy Forrest on board with the Dragons. They've got Bruce Gordon. He's one of the owners there. And then they've got this guy. Like, how good? Yeah, well, I mean, he's obviously got a company called Squadron Energy that's on the back of their jerseys this year. It's going to move to the front of the jersey next year. We're talking in excess of a million dollars a year, that sponsorship. Yeah. Um, and Twiggy has not a lot to do with rugby league. He's been involved, obviously, in rugby union in Western Australia. He saved the force. And I'll tell you what, if they can tap into his wallet, they're doing pretty well because Bruce Gordon's worth a gazillion. Yeah. And Twiggy's worth even more than him. Mm. So the fact he's involved in rugby league is a great sign for the game, I think, because he has never shown any interest, from what I understand, in actually getting involved in rugby league. But the fact he's now got himself involved in the code, I mean, if I'm the Perth team that's hoping to get into the NRL, right. I'd be banging on his door right now and trying to get support from Twiggy because, you know, you get his financial muscle behind you, you're, you're a long way down the track. Yeah, 100%. I think him wanting to bail out Rugby Australia and they said no, it's probably gone, you know what? You can stuff you. Yeah, I'll yeah. go to Rugby League. It's a great product. So thanks a yeah. lot, mate. We'll make sure we, uh, we we look with interest what's happening in that situation, the Dragons. That's a great result. Yeah. All the very best, big fella. Thanks for everything you've done for us this year. We love you. We look forward to talking to you next year. No worries, guys. Look forward to it. Love you, thanks, mate. Freddy. Have a Merry Christmas to you and your family. Now, I want to um, take you guys through what happened this morning when I woke up. I got my phone and we've got a family chat on the WhatsApp, right? And... My son tells me that he, at the moment, he's over in London. He's at a school in Wembley and he's like an assistant teacher. Mm. So the teacher decides to put on a video to show the kids um, children's books yeah. and, and children's books and how important they are, picture books and that sort of stuff. So he randomly presses play on YouTube 
and this is the book that goes across the classroom in Wembley, England. G'day guys, my name is Gus Warland, I'm from Gotcha for Life and I'm going to read for you today, Ketchup on Your Cornflakes? This seems like a fun book. Do you like ketchup on your cornflakes? On your apple pie? In your lemonade? On your toothbrush? On your head? Do you want ketchup on your head? Do you like ketchup in your bed? I don't think so. What about ketchup on your chips? That's definitely the one for me. Ketchup on your chips. Okay, so <laughs> without were you that, happy with your were you no, happy with your efforts there or not? No, I mean at the time I thought it was good, but I know I understand you don't have to say anything. It sounded horrendous, right? Yeah. However, the simple fact is, how small is this world? This bloke doesn't know. Jack doesn't sub every day to this teacher. He subs at the school. The bloke had no idea that that was that was his father. What he did Jack no, say? Well, Jack's sitting there in the back room thinking, oh, the bloke must know something. And at the end he goes, you know, that was my dad. And the bloke goes, what? What are you talking about? And then he had to prove with photographs in his phone that I was actually his dad. Then the kids got all excited for, you know, because they're only little, only primary school kids. Yeah. But it just got me thinking how small a world are we living in now where something like that, that sort of coincidence happens more and more? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, th- those sort of things happen. It just blows your mind. Like I, we, I remember flying back from America, from LA, we we're flying back with my wife and we were actually separated in terms of uh, different seats. So oh, that's, said, that's gold. We said, we just, oh, I thought so. But my wife said, no, we want to sit next to each other. <laughs> anyway, so she said, I'm going to tap the shoulder of this lady and just see if she can move it across. And she was just a young lady. Anyway, she had the headphones on and she, she just moved across. She anyway, was nest- nicely settled, but m- she did move. Moved across. Anyway, and we said, where are you going in Australia? And she said, I'm actually going uh, to Sydney and then I've got to go north and, and uh, up to the central coast. And um, we, Lynette sort of said, oh, I've got a um, – my mother-in-law lives up that way. And and she goes, oh, what part? Anyway, literally she was going to the same street as the mother, my, uh, Lynette's mother-in-law. What? And when she landed, she had a cough uh, – they know the same people. They were having a cup of tea literally later on with the same girl that we just – With this random to, lady that you met on a plane. Managed to tap on the shoulder. And she'd come from South America. So she's come from South America to LA. She had a huge trip around. Yeah. Really small. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Now, I know, Del, that I'm, yeah. I'm not as good at talking to no. kids' books as you did because no, you did an outstanding job up on the roof <laughs> only a month ago. But that's an unbelievable coincidence, unbelievable. isn't it? Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah, so yeah. one triple three yeah, five three. They're the type of, you know, sort of it's a small world, watch your coincidence type story that we're after on one triple three five three. When did you realise it was a small world, Scott? G'day, Gus. I was in London in 1999 and the barmaid that served me was born a day after me on the 11th of March in 76 in Port Kimberley Hospital. So how did you get into a discussion <laughs> to work all that out, Scotty? Mate, that's about 10,000 skinners going to go. I nearly fell over like you blokes probably are. Yeah, that's unbelievable, unbelievable, but it just goes to show. My dad has always said the same people did the same thing all around the world, so you will end up bumping into people. The world is a small place. Let's go to Paul in Madari. How are you, Paul? Hey, boys. How are you? Nice, hey, Paul. Mate, tell us your small world story. So when I was on 55 now, but when I was 21, I went over to America and worked for a horse trainer over there in Montana up on the Canadian border. And Beautiful. I had a mate that I, when I came back, I was chatting him and he thought, well, that sounds like a good good thing. So he went over and visited Calgary and he went to uh, through America and he was sitting in a bar in Montana and the barman said to him, hey, those fellas over there are Australian as well. So he wandered over and was having a chat and 
they said to him, oh, whereabouts are you from? He said, oh, I'm from Alligator Creek up in North Queensland. They said, oh, you know Shorty Galloway. So he's been all through America and stopped um, at this one bar and run into some Australians that knew me. So, Unbelievable. Small world, eh? What well, a great session that would have been too. Let's go to Robert there from Ramsgate. Hey, Robert, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, boys. How are you going yourself? Good. Mate, what's your small world story? Mate, we, in 2018, I was on a cruise on the Mediterranean. The first Aussie guy I met on the cruise, he knew my boss that I, I used to work with. Mm-hmm. And the second Aussie guy I met, my brother-in-law was his boss in the TAFE. Then the third Aussie guy I met was at Naples, and his wife was trying to take photos. And we sat down, and it turned out, he said, oh, originally I'm from Newtown. I said, yes, so am I. He said, I went to more boys high. I said, yes, so did I. He was a few years older than me. We knew all the same people. And then he told me he used to be a superintendent in the ambulance service, and he was a retired paramedic. It turned out that he remembered all the details of our mate that uh, got killed at um, up in Newtown. He worked on, on him. He was a first responder, oh. and he remembered the details, remembered the guy's name, everything. Oh, my God. Crazy. Oh, thank you, Rob. You've taken our breath away, Rob. Thank you, thank you so much. What about Chris? Finish it off for us, Chris, in Campbelltown. What is your uh, small world story? Okay, guys, I love your show, just by the way. Thank um, you, Chris. Guys, I was at Pedro today working for a few hours, putting some blinds in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we finished up, went to lunch. We're sitting there having lunch. I was on Marketplace I'm looking for a lawnmower. Seeing that there was one in Penrith, so I thought I'll give him a message. I kid you not. The address came back from the house we'll just at. What? Back there. Back there. Back there, picked no. up the mower and you're all good to go. I, I got the mower in the back of the van. Chris, wow. unbelievable, <laughs> mate. Thank you. What a what a bunch of callers we have. Our listeners are the best. Let's talk to this golfing legend. Next guest was born with a very rare condition. You know that thing where normal people go to the golf driving range and hit the ball to the left or to the right or maybe three metres in front of them? Well, he was born without that condition, resulting in 13 professional wins, six of which were on the PGA Tour. And he needs regular injections of money to live with it. But he copes just fine. To de-stress, he maintains his lawn at his house as a putting and chipping green. Basically, everything you're trying to achieve in golf just for a split second, this guy's done it. He's a legendary Aussie and a fantastic golfer, regularly found inside the top 100 of the world. His highest ranking was number 12. Gus Jude and Wendell have signed a waiver, promising not to ask him for more than three swing tips each during this interview. Please welcome to the Rush Hour, Aussie golfing legend, Mark Leishman. And he's our sort of bloke as well, and we're very lucky to have him on the line right now. G'day, Mark. How are you this afternoon? Yeah, good. How are you, blood? Mate, fantastic. Uh, how are you? And how did you feel you hit him the, on the weekend? I'm doing good, yeah. I was happy with, um, with last week at the Australian PGA. Um, you know, four rounds in the 60s and a, a good 64 on Sunday and um, certainly gave me something to build on for this week at uh, the Aussie Open. Hey, Mark, do you feel the pressure coming back, uh, you know, to play uh, in front of the home fans? Uh, after last week, Cam Smith unfortunately fell a bit short. But do you feel pressure or do you embrace that? Uh, I think you embrace it. I mean, you, you know, we're back, back here to try and enjoy it, uh, and we do enjoy it. Um, you know, we spend all year overseas and um, come back and get all the comforts of home. Um, but obviously we have that drive to want to play really well and, and win the big tournaments over here. So I guess, you know, if you're sleeping on the lead or close to the 
lead, you got a chance to win Sunday. Yes, you feel it a little bit. Um, but, you know, apart from that, you just try and do, uh, do as good as you can and um, try and make birdies and, and entertain the crowd. Mark, it's Jude Bolton. I mean, tell us about the relationship between a golfer and his caddy. I mean, just you, you, you're basically – that caddy's got to be almost your psychologist and your <laughs> confidant and mate across the journey. You've been with Matt Kelly for a long, long time. Tell us about that relationship. Yeah, we've been together since 2007. We grew up together. He was a good golfer himself. And, um, yeah, we've got a, a really good relationship. But probably rare to be together that long for a player and caddy. But um, it's more than just the the golf and, the you know, the yardages and, and reading the parts that, you know, when I've had a bad hole to know what to say or to say nothing or, you know, because the last thing you want to do as a caddy is to say something that's going to annoy you, the player. But, um yeah, it's sort of like you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, sort of part psychologist, part, well, a lot of it is just uh, the conversation between shots because there's a lot of time to think in golf. And if you can be talking about other stuff other than golf, it's, uh, it's normally a pretty good thing. Now, my uncle Martin Blake actually uh, spent some time with you over in Tokyo when you represented Australia at the Olympics. Uh, he was the part of the, the crew that went over and yourself and uh, Cam Smith representing Australia. But he says that you do an amazing Bill Laurie impression. Are you able to give us one? <laughs> um, oh, come on, Tony. We hear that you love your cricket as well. We and Dell normally asks this question about you know superstars of one sport. Yeah, you're quite lucky to you'd, you'd love to swap and be a superstar in another sport or a lead man or something. Is there other sports that you love and that you take seriously and make sure you get all the results no matter where you are in the world? Yeah, I love watching love watching the cricket. Um, you know, when the, when the Australian team's playing, obviously. Um, always watching out for, for what they're doing. You know, when I'm home, I try and watch as much local cricket or even, you know, the big bash league is I really enjoy watching that on TV at night. Um, but pretty much any sport, really enjoy high quality sport where you don't really have to think. You can just sit there and, and watch it and yeah, not have to worry about anything. If you're in and around any of the test matches this year, we'd love to have you in and we've look at the full, uh, full box there. We can look after you and get you to call some cricket. So that might be a yeah, bit of fun. Sounds good. Looking Thanks, forward to it. Fantastic. Take care, Mark. Thanks very much for joining us, mate, and best of luck. No worries. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Time to get a little bit smarter. And now... You want smart. I'll show you smart. The bit where the rush hour makes you smarter. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. This is a few little tidbits to make <laughs> you smarter. You can throw these up at your Christmas party, throw them up on Just Christmas weave Day. Weave them into conversation. Of... Is that what exactly you're saying? Exactly right. Weave them into I like that, Jim. Awesome. Well, well, well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This, this segment's only as good yep. as the attitude yeah. that you two bring to it. We're, we're, we're here bringing, for it. We're, we're here bringing for it. the intensity. Let's go. Right? It's okay. Let's go. Yeah. Australia has almost 12,000 beaches. You could visit one every day for 32 years and not see them all. That's not bad. That's, I that's don't actually good, that's good. That's good stats. I like that. Great. So you're yeah. at Christmas and go, do you know we've got 12, yeah. 000, more than 12,000 beaches here in Australia? That's awesome. If, if you visited one every day for 32 years, you'd never see them all. Mm. That's a lot of beaches. That's a lot that's of That's a beaches. great conversational start. Oh, it is. Don't you think? Yeah, it's yeah, great. It, it no. would be great. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a long conversation, but it'd be a... Yeah, you'd yeah. have a conversation. Oh, Keep going. Yep. You're on a roll. What's your next one? <laughs> what do you got? Well, this one could definitely start a conversation. Men have longer tongues than women. Gene Simmons. The average adult tongue length for a woman is 7.9 centimetres and for a man it's 8.5 centimetres. Oh. That's a good conversational side, especially if you're on a, yeah. you know, one of those one of those dates when you, what's the, when they flick left and right and what's that called? Tinder. 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 Yeah. <laughs> flick yeah. left yeah. and right. 
How you doing? For some people, <laughs> grinder. Give us yeah. a look at your tongue. Yeah. 7.9, yours is. Mine's 8.5 is on average. <laughs> the human head weighs that's, 8 that's, pounds. That's so it? How you doing? That's two from two. That's good. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You happy with that? Oh, you're, you're, like, oh, I think it's, it's good. good. I think yeah. Dell's attitude's better than yours, actually. Yeah. Dell's stamp of approval. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it. Oh, yeah. okay. Eggshells are being used to grow new human bones. Scientists at the University of Massachusetts have discovered a way to help grow new bones by using crushed eggshell particles. Okay, okay, how, how, how? Can, can you elaborate? I haven't got any more information. Oh, no. You've been given one sheet of paper. Yeah. That's, excuse me. Yeah. Has this been verified or not? Yeah. No, nothing on this segment has been verified. <laughs> yeah, I don't know but if you that. said, do you know, you know, new, home, new human bones, they're using eggshells mm. to make those over in the States and then just stroll away from that discussion. Mm. Go and get yourself a drink, get yourself jets and a bit of cheese. Yep, Pino- yeah, Pinocchio. Gorgeous. Yeah. Treading on eggshells here. Mm. What about. Mm. Come on. That's not bad for you. You normally do the good stuff when we're not on air, so that's good. Okay. Number four of five. In the summer, in the summer, the Eiffel Tower in Paris grows by 15 centimetres. The heat causes the metal material to expand. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I'd I'd believe that. Yeah. Yeah. How did you just read that then? In the summer, the yeah. Eiffel Tower in Paris grows taller by 15 centimetres. Yeah. The heat causes the metal material to expand. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. There is a little bit in, there's a little bit in, it says here, temp needs to be above 40 degrees. Yeah, yeah, okay. That was a bit I left out. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But that's good though, isn't it? Doesn't so, really get that you know, hot. The Eiffel Tower. Doesn't get that hot over there. I know they had a bit of a, like it's a heat wave every now cold, and then. But yeah, yeah. Not 40 yeah. degrees, is yeah. it? I think you're dreaming. That's probably true. It's not. It's not forty degrees in Paris very often. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. However, that's a good conversational starter. Good. Yeah. Great. You talk about Paris, mm. city of love. Mm. Blah okay. blah blah. Last one. Yep. It is impossible to tickle yourself. <laughs> now, now I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> or does it make yourself laugh? Like <laughs> when the brain knows oh. it is coming. Oh, okay. It turns off the response, and you feel nothing. Not the same when yeah. you get caught by surprise. So if someone, like you yeah. do, you come up Can and I grab see? us or give us a niggle oh, or something like that. I don't usually do that, but yeah. You do it a lot. You scare <laughs> us and stuff. Um, when we're not ready for it, the brain obviously reacts. But yeah. we know it's, I know it's going to happen. I'm going to tickle myself now. Yeah. You, you like that? You, you treat you, yourself like, like an amusement, yeah. amusement park. You're really time, stroking yourself. Every time you're away. Yeah, you're stroking yourself over there. It's not down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what does Maroon say? Like a pussycat. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not lick myself like a pussycat. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, don't worry, Maroon. It says... But what about this, guys? A Sydney mum has been absolutely taken to the cleaners on TikTok. 14 and a half million views of her talking up a brand new way of making fairy bread. Now, oh, fairy, fairy bread, bread obviously is a, you know, sort of staple of kids' parties and so forth. Well, mm. she said it's not very good for you. And I think we're all in agreement on that, but it's not like we're eating it every day. Saying, no, I've got a brand new way of doing it, an alternative. A little bit of coconut coloured with vegetable juice instead of the traditional hundreds and thousands. Well, people got on the internet vegetable juice. and absolutely gave it to her, calling her all sorts of names. How bloody sad. It looks yuck. How mean are you? Let your kid be a kid. Someone else begged. <laughs> and uh, this Sydney-based mum, Fatima Omran, has faced the wrath of the internet after she apologised for milking, making that healthy version of uh, fairy bread. I mean, you can. I encourage people to have a bit of a crack in the kitchen, of course, and do different mm. things like that. But yeah. I mean, I'm a bit in agreement. Like, in agreement with what? Well, the fact that it's just like it's a special treat. Just let them have 
something like that yeah. now and then. It's, it's not like you're needing it every day. Exactly. It's a once a year type sort of thing or maybe a few birthday parties, whatever, and you would grow out of it too. So it's not like we're having it every day. What are your thoughts on this, big man? Yeah, you got to go. You got to go the normal way. You got to got to sugar them up, and you know, throw, <laughs> oh, a, bit yeah, of, yeah. throw yeah. a bit of pink lemonade as well. Like you know, <laughs> how good's a bit of pink lemonade? <laughs> you can't beat that, mate. So the coconut coloured yeah. with the vegetable juice instead of the traditional ones and thousands. Yeah. it's a big no from us in here. Hundred percent's a big no. Yeah, I can see where yeah. you're coming from, Fatima. But yeah. as as you would say, yeah. Del, be better. <laughs> she put herself out there, and you know that's what happened. Exactly, you deserve that. You get- <laughs> Let's do a sports all in. Yeah, Michael Maguire, Dell has officially been uh, announced as the Blues coach as of today. Gave up the job, obviously, at New Zealand. Do you think that's a good move for State of Origin and a good move for New South Wales? It's a good move because I just think, uh, out of all those candidates who, who wanted, he wanted the job, mm. and I just think that it's up to him now how he sets it up, who he has around him, and getting people to buy into what, what, he, what he wants to do there and what he's going to do. Well, let me stop you there. John Cartwright, Matt King and Brett White have been added to the Blues high-performance team. So, so that's sure. obviously his team where Freddie had uh, Brandy. Yeah. I think Cartwright was a part of that as well. Yeah. Um, and um, Danny Badiris and so forth. So yep. a different bunch of support crew. Yeah, we, we, you're going to have to turn it over now. And then I just think with Madge, you know, we saw it done with New Zealand, but this is this is a different gravy altogether. Well done the national football, but state of origin. And, you know, it's like the fans, the Blues fans, obviously the media becomes that pressure, but it's up to what he wants to imagine. does things his way, so good luck to him. Okay, the fact that he had to give up a job that he really enjoyed and was having so much success with, that should make New South Wales fans go, you know what, he's given up something yep. and he's really right behind us. So, so give him an opportunity. This is yeah, the prestige of being an, an origin coach is something. So just bind to what he's, what he's selling, and that's why he got the job. Obviously, different people wanted Craig Bellamy and that, but I just thought he was the best man for the job. Fit Tommy Turbo yeah. would be good too. Yeah, yeah. fit Tommy Turbo mate. and Latrell in the centres yeah. would be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What about uh, Jerome Luai, mate? Bulldogs and Tigers now, or staying at the Panthers, of course, for less money? Well, he's playing it his way, and I just think he wanted to make a decision before he went into this season. So, so it's the eighth of December when he mm. goes back to training. So he's got another week yeah. to make his decision. Now that the Bulldogs have come in, do you see Gus Gould missing his man? Oh, it just depends on, on what they're going to sell him and where where it goes. Like it's up what Jerome Luai wants, mm. you know. What would, what do you think he will do? If you had to put a dollar on it, I think he'll stay. I, st- I think he'll stay at Penrith. I just oh. think he wants to see what his value is. Okay, yeah. I could be wrong. I, you know, I just I don't know. But that's your gut. Yeah, P- Penrith fans would be happy with that. Now, Gussie, Indian police have arrested seven uni students for celebrating <laughs> Australia's World Cup victory. Yeah, of course, it absolutely devastated the country. Though, so these seven uni students wearing Australian gear went out there and basically were sort of starting to dig at people and stirring sort of the pot. stirring the pot and stuff. So what the police did is actually arrested them to put them in jail just for their own protection because the mob were after them because a lot of people, you know, oh. it's bigger than religion over there and there's 1.3 billion people. That's not good if you're stirring them up and you're giving them oh, causing all right. the sticks. It's right. Suck it up, mate. No. You lost the Indians. <laughs> no, I understand that, but it's, it's, it's really oh, super important for them. Because and they were undefeated to the final, mate. They honestly thought it was theirs to be won. I get it. Yeah. But these seven just stirring the pot, it wasn't working for them. So they're in jail until it all sort of calms down. 
Now, Arsenal have won 6 0 oh, today, you, mate. No one cares, I mate. Think, yeah, like in, I'm just looking at Manchester United. They're 3 all against Galatasaray. Well, man, man United were 2 0 up and 3 1 up and end up having a 3 all draw, and they're at the bottom of their group now. So they might end up, or they probably won't make it through, but they may even miss out on the Europa Cup as well, which is the teams that come third in the Champions League group stages. So, yeah, mm. Man United in a little bit of strife at the moment. Aaron Rodgers, the New York Jets quarterback, cleared to return, uh, Jude. Practice 11 weeks after his surgery on the Achilles. They need him, and but I tell you what, that's a quick turnaround from an Achilles 100% injury. it is. If they keep losing matches, there's no point bringing him back quickly. But no. I suppose if they're in the no. mix, they want to have him there. But we know the Achilles injury, but you Achilles, need more than three months. 100% you do. Mate, especially at his age. Yeah, yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be risking it. But, I just but, fit, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a Hail Mary, literally, to get it him is. back on. Uh, and what about, uh, like we said, John Cartwright, Matt King yep, and Brett, Brett White, White added to the Blues, yeah, a high-performance team as part of the yeah. uh, Origin. We'll smack your bums anyway. Is, Settle yeah. down, There's mate. There's whispers about Dwight uh, Howard also looking at the NBL as well. So this Well, is, that would be, be unbelievable. I mean, the NBL's on an absolute high. You get someone like that coming to town, would be fantastic. What did you find... In your pipes on one triple three five three, some of the discoveries of what plumbers have phoned in and told us over the last fifteen or twenty minutes since we threw it out there: mm-hmm. a Barbie's head. Yeah, that can happen. You can understand that. Yeah. An iPhone? No. I suppose, I suppose you could come on, lose it down the loo, drop it in the loo, and then flush oh, it, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Dentures? That can happen. They, yeah, they'd yeah. be in there a lot, wouldn't they? And what about this one? You've got a sausage dog at home, yeah. Del. Yeah. Um, a hairball. The size of a sausage dog. Oh. Well, there's one on our socials oh. at the moment because what? there's a there's one on our socials, oh. a hairball that was in the bottom of a uh, basically the bottom of the shower, <laughs> and it was all flooding. And then when the plumber got in there, it was like a big clump, like of a softball hair. size of hair. Wow. And it's like, whoa, that's like, disgusting. Well, that's, that's Curtis's house, isn't it? And he's a hairy man. He reckons it was yeah. house before he moved in. Yeah. I reckon it was two weeks after <laughs> he'd been showering. I think, I think Curtis used to be a werewolf. Like yeah, exactly. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a good-looking beast, though, and he's a very oh, nice young man. I'm not sure you about that. that. You don't reckon? <laughs> no. Fair enough. Uh, so give us a call on one triple three five three. What's in your pipes? Anything in your pipes? Oh. Wendell? I know you've cleaned out some in your time. <laughs> oh, right here, mate. Settle down, buddy. There's nothing in my pipes, mate. I'm all good. <laughs> what do you got, Jude? We've had uh, we've had some of the pipes. Like, literally, I, I thought I was going to have to get a whole new shower head. There was just nothing. It was not, not going on. The guy undid everything, and it was like some little rock somehow had been stuck in there. A rock? Yeah, a rock had stuck right in the like the top of the shower head. So oh. like. The, as soon as he just got it going, he cranked it up and it spat out. It almost, oh. it almost took him out. So <laughs> spurred like, everywhere. But I didn't have to just. I didn't have to rip off all the tiles and do all that sort of stuff. It saved me a bit of cash. Yeah. It was all right. Okay. <laughs> Give us a call on one triple three five three. Behave yourselves, everyone. <laughs> what did you find in the pipes? And Jason from Westmead has given us a buzz. G'day, Jason. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey, Gus. How you going, mate? I'm good, buddy. What was in the pipes? Mate, we found a gold chain, something that Mr. T would wear. <laughs> <laughs> We're out doing some clearing a sewer choke for Sydney Water out at Watson's Bay. Mm. We dragged it back to the manhole and we, one of the boys pulled it out of the basket and we called into a King's Cross to a pawn shop. Seven and a half grand we got for it. What? Seven and a half K. You beauty. Mate, a massive chunk of gold, man. I couldn't believe it. That's a result. Boys would have erupted. Look, yeah. What did you do with it? Oh, yeah, dude. Let's go to Kane and Mary with that. Hey, Kane. G'day, boys. Not too bad. Mate, what did you find in the pipes? 
were cleaning out like the stormwater tank pipes and something was in there and found out it was a giant green tree pipe and that it had eaten something and got stuck. Oh, oh yeah. So when you got down there, what what was the python doing? Like, was it nipping at you, or did you were you able no, to get it out? We could see something moving, but we could see the back end of it. So it slithered in and eaten something, and then got stuck. So someone had to grab it from the tail and pull it out. It looked like it had eaten a grapefruit. Oh, oh I'm not, so, oh, I'm not got, putting my hand in there. No, I'm not. I'm yeah, not last time I went in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank well you, Kane. Appreciate it, mate. Let's go to Tom there. Tom, how are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good, M- mate. What did you find in the pipes, brother? Mate, going back a few years now, uh, our sewer completely blocked up and after a while we found out that it was blocked mm-hmm. by things my uh, three young boys put in mm-hmm. and they were Ninja Turtles. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. the Ninja Turtles down. The, well, they said that's where they live. Splinter. Yeah, they, yeah. That's where they that's live. Splinter. Splinter and all the right. Master Splinter's down there, yeah. Your, your Michelangelo, yeah. Donatello. Shredder, Shredder's after Shredder. <laughs> So, so I couldn't blow up at my boys, mate. They, you know. Yeah. Now, that's smart, actually. Yeah. That is really smart that they did that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tom, and that's all awesome. the callers we couldn't get to as well. We've got a very special guest from Jet Jude. Absolutely. We've got Aria Hall of Fame. We've got Nick Sester, the lead singer of Jet, and it is Oz Music T-shirt day today. Welcome, Nick. I'm good. How are you guys? Mate, very, very well done uh, on you getting to the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that first. How are you? I'm great. I'm, uh, obviously, it was a big honour and we had a great night and um, hopefully we can uh, manage to get some new music out soon. Nick, I mean, at, at your peak in, when you released the first album and you were just absolutely on fire, um, how did that feel when you suddenly broke onto just the Oz music scene and then to take it globally as well? Well, obviously, it was, um, it was, a, it was a lot. It was pretty exciting. We, yeah. were, pretty, we were super young and, um, you know, I mean, we hadn't really even travelled much around Australia, let alone the world. So, you know, sort of out of nowhere, we um, we found ourselves on an enormous world stage, travelling everywhere and um, having a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. How was that with, um, you know, going overseas and then obviously having, you know, um, going through COVID uh, that period and then now back, uh, you know, performing in that? Um, yeah, well, I've been living overseas for 15 years and, and uh, I, I actually live in Milan. So that was kind of where the whole COVID thing kicked off. So I went through the whole lockdown experience um, over there, which was which was pretty extreme. I don't know, I guess you guys probably saw a lot of the images coming out of there. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be, I'm, I'm in Australia now, obviously, and it's good to be able to tour again and play music yeah. and, and share it with, you know, with the other guys in the band. And I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty awful for, for everyone, but um, I think for musicians, it was particularly difficult because so much of what we do requires, you know, large amounts of people and yeah. traveling and all that sort of stuff. Nick, today's Oz Music T-shirt day. What does it mean to you? I mean, I am a big advocate for giving back, you know, particularly in my position of privilege of being able to um, to do so much. And uh, I think these things are really important. And um, particularly, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why we started in the first place was because of the um, our love of Australian music and all of the Australian bands that came before us. So for me, this is um, this is this great, you know. And I've got some bloody legendary Aussie T-shirts myself, so uh, that I've collected over the years. So um, you know, it's fun. 
So Funds Raise will continue to support musicians, managers, crew and music workers through crisis relief support, mental health and wellbeing programs and over 130 events right across the country. So everyone's getting behind it and it makes so much sense. Get your get your T-shirt, wear your favourite band, get your merch and get involved. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. And Nick, I mean, I I was lucky enough, I lived uh, just down the road from the Annandale Hotel in Sydney and I remember you guys just partying on the back there. It was just, I mean, just the, it was just such a great those local sort of music scenes back in the day, wasn't it? I was, man. And, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, you know, on and off with Jet, obviously. But, um, you know, we've racked up a lot of, of uh, <laughs> a lot of memories, <laughs> a lot of memories over yeah. the years. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Mate, you're having fun and you're yeah. doing great work. You're in the Hall of Fame now, so yes. tremendous. So get involved. Go to supportact.org.au. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick, and, no uh, you, and for putting your voice behind such a worthy cause. Oh, good, mate. Have a great day, guys. Cheers, Cheers yeah, brother. Rock on. Hey, Woodsy's in for you tomorrow, He mate. is, mate. I am yeah. off tomorrow morning to England to see Ella and Jack. And, uh, and then next time you'll hear my dulcet tones is on uh, the first cricket. day of the cricket test, 14th of December, Australia versus Pakistan from Perth. Well, a safe trip, mate. Old half-week war. <laughs> I do like a three- or four-day <laughs> week <laughs> if I get one. Enjoy hey, yourself, mate. Loved it this year. Enjoy yeah. your last show, boys. Thank and to mate. all our listeners, have yeah. a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you mid-January next year. The team is back together again. I can't believe they've signed us again. For another year. See everyone. Bye bye. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.